Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Utopia podcast, formerly known as Nonprofit U. Our podcast is an extension of our community, and we provide a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, your host. I'm the founder of Nonprofit Utopia, the ideal community for emerging nonprofit leaders. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities. And you can find out more about us on nonprofitutopia.com, Facebook, and Twitter. I encourage you to follow us and to comment early and often using the hashtags nonprofitutopia, 92Y, and GivingTuesday. You can also leave comments on blogtalkradio.com forward slash nonprofitutopia.com. I'm sorry. The chat room is open and you can post comments and questions. In order to use the chat room, you must open a listener-only account and you'll find a link to open the account on the page for this episode right underneath the chat box. And you can also email me questions at Valerie F. Leonard at nonprofitutopia.com. And I must say that if you email me, don't expect an answer during the podcast because I will be so engrossed in the conversation that I probably will miss your email, but I will promise you that I will follow up immediately after the podcast. Asking questions by phone and from our chat room at about the 30-minute mark or so, the call-in number is 347-884-8121. We encourage you to sign up for our mailing list to keep abreast of the latest developments with the nonprofit Utopia community, and we've included a link to our mailing list in the comment section. Today's topic is, are you giving Tuesday ready? We'll help you check your progress against a recommended timeline of activities and events to help you execute a successful Giving Tuesday campaign. We'll also share links to resources provided by the 92nd Street Y and Forefront to make sure that you're registered for the Giving Tuesday and I'll give in order to give you ideas for messaging and executing your social media campaigns. Today's guest is Jessica Schneider, and Jessica is the Director of Strategy and Collaboration for the 92nd Street Wise Belfort Center for Innovation and Social Impact. And it's such a wonderful thing that Jessica was here on the ground floor so she can give you much more information about herself very shortly, and then as we talk, she can also interjects some of the lessons that she's learned over the years of the campaign. So located in New York City, the 92nd Street Y, affectionately called 92Y, was founded 140 years ago to serve the Jewish people. 92Y promotes individual and family development and participation in civic life within the context of Jewish values and American pluralism. As a nonprofit community and cultural center, 92nd Street Y seeks to create, provide, and disseminate programs of distinction that foster the physical and mental health of human beings throughout their lives, their educational and spiritual growth, and their enjoyment. 92nd Street Y reaches out beyond its core constituency of American Jews to serve people of diverse racial, religious, ethnic, and economic backgrounds seeking partnerships that leaven our programs and broaden our influence. And as a matter of fact, Jessica, I was just having lunch with a young lady. She's from New York, and she's familiar with 92nd Street Y programs. In fact, she has participated in the youth choir, so I hope that if she's listening, that she'll... (laughs) Yeah, imagine that in Chicago. We're having lunch, and she happened to mention that she was part of that, you know, when she learned that you were coming onto the show. So if she's listening, I hope that she can either call in or post a note or something, you know, just to let us know that she's listening. All righty. So, Jessica, I want to thank you for coming onto the show. And before we get started, can we hear a little bit about you and how you came to work for the Belfort Center for Innovation and Social Impact? 
Thank you so much for having me, Valerie. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation, and I love those little tidbits of someone in Chicago who performed on our stage or went to a class here. Um, So me personally, I've spent my career kind of at the intersection of social good and technology um, with a particular interest and focus on community building. In addition to my work Mm -hmm. here at the 92nd Street Y, I've also held positions at uh, the Paley Center for Media, General Assembly, and Rent the Runway. And I loved the um, description you gave of the 92nd Street Y. I'll just say if you aren't familiar with us, um, we take up almost a full block here um, on the upper Wow. And we have everything you would normally associate with a community center. We have children's programming, a nursery school, gym, activities for retirees, music, art classes. Um, and I was actually working in a, a different department here before the Belfer Center existed. Um, and through kind of my work with Giving Tuesday, um, got brought into the Belfer Center as it was being created. Um, and just to describe what the Belfer Center is, it's and, and like I said, in many ways, we're like your traditional community center, um, but the Belfer Center is its own beast. Um, because really, for most of my mm-hmm. life history, we've served just this very local community. You know, we're here on the Upper East Side. We serve people uh, in our immediate vicinity, people coming to our door every day. Uh, but when our center was founded, I think now five years ago, it was really charged with taking 9 to Ice mission and expanding it mm-hmm. way outside our neighborhood. Um, outside of New York, uh, in the case of Giving Tuesday, outside the U.S. So we are interested in how we can fulfill 9-2-I's mission, all of those things you laid out earlier, but in a truly global way. So what does it look like to build community or foster dialogue in the 21st century? Um, so our center runs a number of different programs, but by far the largest and the one that really informs um, all of our work is Giving Tuesday. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me and, and how I – and what the Belfer Center is and how we all came together. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So the movement is seven years old now, and you have campaigns going on in, what, 150 countries around the world as we speak and mm-hmm. probably growing. So even so, there are still some people who may not be familiar with the day and its significance. Can you tell us what Giving Tuesday is and how it got started? Sure. Um, it's funny, before we got on the podcast, Valerie and I were talking about this. I've been there since day one. Um, in 2012, um, Henry Timms, who, who is now executive director of our organization, um, had this idea that there are these two days that bring together the retail community under a single umbrella right after Thanksgiving. We have Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And those days are so lucrative, as we all know, for the retail sector. Mm-hmm. So he asked, you know, what if the philanthropic community could unite in a similar way? And by philanthropic community, um, we didn't just mean nonprofits, but also corporations, small businesses, schools, universities, local governments, individuals. What if everyone on that day was talking about giving and getting excited about giving and really flipping the conversation, not kind of in contrast to those days of retail, but um, almost in the same spirit. So we spent Mm -hmm. that summer um, very quickly. Um, Henry did some traveling, getting on the phone with people, doing some brainstorming, getting buy-in. And then we launched the first Giving Tuesday just, um, I think, the end of August, beginning of September. Um, Just put it out in the world with a website and a social media post and some press release, but, you know, very small, very grassroots. And and the ask from the beginning was very simple. Just plan an activation on or around the Tuesday after Thanksgiving to encourage giving. And so we thought it was an mm-hmm. interesting idea. Didn't know for sure if it would take hold. Uh, we set a modest goal of having about 100 organizations participate. And ultimately, we saw 2,500 partners run Giving Tuesday campaigns. And from the limited data we were able to gather, we could tell that online giving was going up about 50% based on the, the Tuesday the year before. So we knew we were onto something. Um, and more than that, we just saw all this creativity and collaboration and experimentation, just so much excitement from everyone who had tried it out. And it just let us know mm-hmm. that the Giving Tuesday had a lot of potential. Um, and yeah, so as you mentioned, now this is going to be the seventh Giving Tuesday. It's so crazy to think back on those like initial <laughs> calls in 2012. Um, and it's really become a global day of giving. It's a day every year when literally millions of people come together to support and champion causes that they care about, the communities they live in. 
Um, and specifically, the global component has just been fascinating to watch. Um, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. there were activations in over 150 countries last year, and we have 50 full-fledged organized country movements, everything from wow. say, India, Giving Tuesday Kenya, Giving Tuesday Tanzania, Giving Tuesday Brazil. I mean, it is incredible to see these countries. They have no tradition of Thanksgiving, but they're being brought together under the banner of giving. Um, and there's something very powerful, I think, um, here in the U.S. to know when you're going and, and making a donation or doing volunteerism on Giving Tuesday that people all over the world are joining with you. You know, it's so interesting. I just recently opened a Twitter account, you know, for for my community, mm-hmm. the nonprofit Utopia community. And just as soon as I started posting about, you know, the, the fact that we're available to help people with their Giving Tuesday campaigns, you know, anytime I put the Giving Tuesday hashtag out there, it's amazing how people from other countries, from other states, they just descend upon this. Uh, you know, whatever I put out there, they retweet it. So you have really not only created a movement, so to speak, but there's a community and people support Mm. one another sight unseen. You know, they didn't know me from Adam, but they saw Giving (laughs) Tuesday hashtag, and they started retweeting, you know, anything that I put out there that has Giving Tuesday. So I I think you guys have done an awesome job of, of creating, you know, a wonderful culture and community. Oh, thank you. That's, that's very kind of you to say. And, and I love examples like that because, you know, we're kind of the backbone, let's say, for Giving Tuesday, but we'll, we don't like to think of ourselves as the leaders because anyone can have a great idea. Anyone could be um, uh, taking something they've learned at their organization and sharing it with another. So when someone's out there tweeting about Giving Tuesday, ideas for Giving Tuesday, and those conversations are happening on social media without us in the middle, that's, that's the dream. That's ideal. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So how can organizations get involved in Giving Tuesday? Um, So, yeah, I think later in the conversation we can kind of get some more nitty-gritty case studies and examples. But um, here at the Mm -hmm. start, I I think just want to give you a sense of what we mean when we say a Giving Tuesday campaign. Um, Mm Because Giving Tuesday is a completely free and open movement. We are cause agnostic. We are platform agnostic. Um, What we just asked, for Giving Tuesday is that our partners plan a campaign to incentivize giving um, and encourage Mm -hmm. their community to talk about giving, whether that be employees or members or volunteers or donors. Uh, Giving Tuesday can be a completely new initiative. A campaign can be an extension of existing work. It can be one day or kick off a program that runs through the end of the year. What's really special is that on the day you have this large spectrum of different types of organizations participating from tiny nonprofits to large corporations, foundations, um, just all doing good and encouraging good and just, and also changing the, the national conversation, or I guess now international conversation to be something about positivity um, and unity. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure many people listening um, are interested in the fundraising aspect of Giving Tuesday. It is a massive day for fundraising. Um, Last year, over $300 was raised during the 24 hours of Giving Tuesday just online um, from over 2.5 million gifts. And fundraising is hugely important, and we're talking about how organizations can get involved. Of course, fundraising um, is often a part of that. It it, um, is, you know, we all need money to support the work that our organizations are doing. Um, So I don't want to downplay that, but there are so many ways you can plan a Giving Tuesday campaign, either um, with other aspects supplementing fundraising or just not mm-hmm. as a fundraising campaign. People can give their time, their voice, um, and we we always like to make that point clear. You know, we're not fundraising Tuesday. We're about giving in all of its forms, um, and and those really are the stories that resonate with you know us here most every year. The ones that really illustrate how Giving Tuesday can bring communities together. Mm-hmm. And what I like, too, is you guys have a registration page, and you give a, a bunch of resources. And I hope I'm not getting ahead of you, but you know, I did want to let our listening audience know that we have a link to the givingtuesday.org page, which is you know, a separate page from the 92Y, which has many, many resources, some of which I have also posted in, you know, in our um, on our episode page in the comment section. 
So I want to remind our listening audience that you're listening to the Nonprofit Utopia podcast, and we're speaking with Jessica Schneider. Jessica is the Director of Strategy and Collaboration for the 92nd Street Wise Belfer Center for Innovation and Social Impact. We'll be taking questions from our listening audience and from the chat room at about the 30-minute mark, and the call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. And we've also noticed that our international audience is growing, and we would love for our podcast guests you know, who have relationships with NGOs around the world to suggest you know, people who might be guests. We want to make sure that our shows are reflective of the fact that we have a growing international audience. So if you know of anyone that we should consider having on the show, please contact us at info at nonprofitutopia.com. So, Jessica, you let us know how organizations might get involved. And I'm wondering if the same would apply for for-profit businesses, you know, because, again, this is not a movement just for nonprofits, or you said that philanthropy is not just considered at this point nonprofit organizations. You literally mean a, a global world with, with several yes. sectors. So <laughs> global world. I'm sorry that... Sorry for English major. I know that's redundant. My my mom would be cringing. She was a teacher. <laughs> so I, I think people know what I mean. So how can for-profit businesses get involved? Sure. And, um, you know, I always like to bring this up, even though I know I'm speaking to an audience that is um, probably mostly of nonprofit professionals, um, because you should be thinking about how you might be able to partner with for-profit businesses. Um, they have always played a huge role since our first year. Um, looking inward, the movement is a great way to engage employees, um, get them talking about the causes that matter to them. And looking outward, Giving Tuesday is a perfect opportunity for them to publicly celebrate just their commitment to social good, all the ways they're invested in their communities. Um, so from small businesses, to big corporations, um, Giving Tuesday has really become ubiquitous as well. It's, um, it's something that's expected um, that for-profits are also going to, after the you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, also participate in Giving Tuesday. I'd say there's kind of three main ways um, that for-profits participate. Um, employee engagement, kind of like a fun public-facing campaign, and then just a straight-up donation. Um, so the mm-hmm. first category, employee engagement, campaigns that try to tap into employees' interests, bring them together for volunteering, something that incentivizes donations, um, incentivizing sharing and bonding with colleagues over causes that matter to them. Um, That's something we see a lot of kind of like larger corporations where, you know, LinkedIn will do a match that day um, if their employees are donating um, to crowdfunding campaigns that that, um, the employees themselves have set up, things like that. Um, the next category would be kind of larger public-facing um, campaigns. These often have a social media component. Um, so last year, mm-hmm. Zipcar donated 1% of it, as you guys know, Zipcar's uh, car sharing network. Um, and they donated 1% of its revenue of all the reservations made um, the day, I think the three-day period, including Giving Tuesday. Oh, no, I think it was a 10-day period around Giving Tuesday um, to Meals on Wheels. And they coupled this with this huge push on social to help educate their members about Meals on Wheels. Um, and what I love about campaigns like those is that it really helps bring a new audience into the fold. Um, many people mm-hmm. listening right now probably consider themselves part of this philanthropic community through their work. You probably donate to some nonprofits. You're on email lists. So on Giving Tuesday, it's going to be almost impossible for you to miss that it's Giving Tuesday. <laughs> Emails waiting in your inbox, posts in your Facebook feed. Um, but campaigns like the Zipcar one, they're, they're great because it brings people um, into the giving community who maybe don't think of themselves as usually included. Um, and by, you know, getting the Zipcar, seeing the donation, getting an email about what that donation means, it's their first dip into the giving world, and um, that is just so important to the movement's growth. Um, and the last mm-hmm. way is, donation, is, is through donations. Often for-profit businesses um, – See something a little more traditional of donating goods or money on Giving Tuesday. Um, even then, though, there's always kind of creative ways that can, like, can kind of ramp it up around the day. 
oh my goodness, this really has taken on a life of its own. I'm, I'm okay. curious when you guys, <laughs> when you first started, was the focus always this comprehensive, or did you just focus on nonprofits, or was it always this comprehensive in terms of who you engage with? Yeah, it's really funny. I remember. Um, thinking back when we were about to go live our first year and thinking, putting out a press release and we were going to have, I think, 30 founding partners and how important it was for those 30 partners to represent a cross-section of um, Mm -hmm. every type of nonprofit and business. So we had local nonprofits, national nonprofits, education, small businesses. We had some startups, some nonprofit associations. So, um, yeah, from the start, it's been a priority to make it feel as inclusive as possible. And, and we didn't want just nonprofits talking to each other. Um, and mm-hmm. also the fact I just talk about, we're like, if we bring in for profits, um, especially in the early days when the fact we had a hashtag in our name was kind of strange and nonprofits were still getting used to that. Um, mm-hmm. For profits were really kind of more at the foreground of social media at the time. Um, not all, and that was a blanket statement, but in many ways. Um, so we knew mm-hmm. having their um, voice behind that would be important. And I, I think it's just a stroke of genius to have the hashtag in your name so you automatically create a way to organize discussions on social media just by having the hashtag in your name. Exactly. Now, now who thought of that? Was that something that was internal? Did you have marketing people to think of that? Or, you know, you guys are just lucky to have I... those marketing savvy people. <laughs> I, I I honestly, I don't want to, to say the wrong thing because I, I can't remember, but we just made decisions very quickly. We didn't overthink okay. Um Our oh. logo was designed, um, which has kind of become very iconic, those kind of hearts that almost look mm-hmm. like a customer yeah, in our marketing yeah. team. But we just, we said, can you turn something around for us in a few days? And he came up with that and we said, perfect. And now, you know, I talked about those for 50 uh, full-fledged global um country movements around Giving Tuesday, all those other countries, they've all taken that heart and used it as inspiration to make their own. So it's, it's changed, <laughs> but it's just, you know, a couple of days work for him has now taken on a life of its own. But we didn't go to some fancy branding company and have them workshop it for six months. He made something, yeah. that was great, but on the world. And that was, that was often in those early days, um, just stayed very nimble. Oh, I love it. I love it. So if we were to go to your website, which is www.givingtuesday.org, we'll see that there are a number of case studies for religious organizations, nonprofit organizations, collaborations, corporations, and the like. You have a whole plethora of different case studies, which is wonderful. So all of these folks have come together and executed successful Giving Tuesday campaigns in fact, we include a link to the case studies in the comment section of this episode. And I'm wondering if you could share with our listening audience a couple case studies that really stand out in your mind. And specifically, yeah, it would be great if you could share one example where an organization carried out the campaign by themselves and then another where there was a collaboration of organizations. Sure. So um Valerie mentioned beforehand she was going to ask me this question, so I, I gave it some thought. Um, and for my, for one of my favorites, this isn't my favorite, but you know, how do you choose your favorite child? One of my favorite right. campaigns. Um, you know, we always say there's so many ways to give on Giving Tuesday. People give their time, their voice, their goods. Um, but one of my favorite campaigns every year is a group called Organize, which asks people to give mm-hmm. their organs. Um, so Organize is an organization wow. platform, and their twist over the past few years has been asking people to, in, kind of, in quotes, give with your heart by registering as oh, an wow. organ donor online. So um, I don't remember the stat from last year, but from two years ago, they organized Twitter chats. They create all these great graphics and materials to educate and encourage or, or, um, organ donation. Um, and by giving mm-hmm. Tuesday, they had earned 40 million media impressions and registered thousands of Americans as own, uh, organ donors were giving Tuesday. And it was by far the biggest digital donor drive in U.S. history. So I love that because, again, just expanding what a, a campaign could mean. Um, they could have done a fundraising mm-hmm. campaign. They instead decided to do uh, an organ drive. 
And um, but the, the way yeah. that Giving Tuesday then elevated their brand, their presence, these amazing metrics to share with their funders overall, it just had such a benefit to to them as a nonprofit. Um, oh, and then, awesome. so, so you're saying, wait, question before you go to the next yeah, example. Okay, so for this example, you you're, you're saying that it's not just donations one can use Giving Tuesday for. You know, if you're into organ organ donations, you can <laughs> have a drive for the organs, right? And then, yeah, exactly. you, okay, I know that doesn't sound good. You know, I'm I'm not a marketer, so I can't yeah, say no, it as eloquently. Like, <laughs> no, no, I I feel like people are like, oh, volunteer drives, donation drives. I love this one because it was just something creative, creative, and like very core to who they were. And mm-hmm. if you think of the Giving Tuesday heart and everything in their campaign about give with your heart, you know, and, and, and it was just yeah. so playful. And it's a very serious subject and something that's difficult to talk about. But they made yeah. it celebratory for Giving Tuesday and had this the, this great um, great effect. And I, I do feel like Giving Tuesday being celebratory, um, the time of year, the fact it's so social media based, um, we see mm-hmm. campaigns do really well when they kind of embrace that messaging. And even with this very serious topic, they found a way to um, um, make it something that people would want to talk about online. And, yeah. and tweet about, and and it really had this um, this ripple effect of, of then becoming this massive online organ donation day, of people committing. Oh, I, I love it! I love it! And I'm sorry I, I interrupted you. Okay, the, the next example. Yeah, and sorry. And then the other one was favorite collaboration, and I also picked an, um, a nonprofit that that has um, been doing a, a campaign uh, for many years. Um, the Pratt Library of Baltimore, and I think this is probably in the case studies that are online as well, but every year they challenge another library to a fundraising showdown. And they always challenge the hometown library that is playing the Baltimore Ravens um, in Monday Night Football around Giving Tuesday. <laughs> so oh, I uh, love in 2017, it. the Baltimore Ravens played the Houston Texans. So the libraries in each of those cities had a contest to see who could raise the most money. Um, and in previous years when they've done incarnations of this contest, there's always been like an embarrassing thing that the losing library had to do. Um, mm-hmm. Like one year um, when Baltimore won the other library, their executive director had to dress up like Edgar Allan Poe and read The Raven. Oh, my goodness. So, so just like kind of silly and playful. Um, but last I year, but I love this one and I find it so touching, um, is that it was the, in the wake of, of Hurricane Harvey. Um, and in the end, Baltimore decided that they were also going to raise money for Houston. So they did run these successful campaigns raising money for themselves. Um, but last year they decided, you know, they're both raising money separately and doing this fun contest that um, Baltimore then gave all the money over to Houston Um they end up raising $53,000 between the two of them, and it went for these mobile mm-hmm. units um, to oh, go awesome. out in neighborhoods that had been de- devastated by the hurricane. So it was collaboration. It was, it was just beautiful. It was, it was such a heartwarming campaign. They do really, again, great social media, great graphics. They call it the Book Bowl. Um, just, yeah, always one of my favorites. Got a lot of favorites to choose from if your website yes. is any indicator. <laughs> Oh, I, I love those stories. I love them. All right, so I want to remind our listening audience that you're listening to the Nonprofit Utopia podcast, and we're speaking with Jessica Schneider, Director of Strategy and Collaboration for the 92nd Street Wise Belfer Center for Innovation and Social Impact. We'll now be taking questions from our listening audience and chat room. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. You can call in right now, and you can hear directly from Jessica. And if you prefer not to call in, feel free to open a listener-only account and post in the chat room, and I can share your questions with our listening audience as well as Jessica, and we can answer any questions that you have. And I just want to make sure, too, that you understand, you know, that it's very important. Um, we don't always get these moments where we can speak with people who have actually started such massive movements. You know, their time is precious to make use, take advantage 
of the time that we have, give us a call, post in the chat room. And while we're waiting, I just want to get back to you, Jessica. Um, One thing that I've noticed that seems to be holding some organizations back, not all, but some of them, they don't go whole hog, so to speak, in implementing the Giving Tuesday campaigns. One, you know, because they feel like there's a significant amount of upfront work that needs to be done. They don't feel that they have the time, so to speak. They feel in some instances that this is something extra. So what are some of the ways that we can integrate Giving Tuesday activities with other marketing and fundraising activities so it doesn't feel like something extra or even feel like work, so to speak, even though it is, you know, labor-intensive? Right. Um, So I'll say 82% of organizations that we know of um, who, from our survey game, use Giving Tuesday to try something new. And that doesn't mean they use Giving Tuesday to completely overhaul their fundraising approach. Um, There are so many ways to experiment with Giving Tuesday and to ride the wave of excitement around the day. Um, So every organization is different. There's no single response to this question. Um, But a few things come to mind if planning a Giving Tuesday campaign seems daunting. Um, I think the Mm -hmm. first would be to create create a team that cuts across departments. Um, Giving Tuesday should be a time, I used the word celebratory before, but even in the planning process, um, to just get people in the room who are excited about it. Um, It doesn't have to be everyone on the development team, maybe a couple from development, a couple from marketing, someone from your web team, um, maybe a couple of volunteers or board members. Um, Maybe this could be a leadership opportunity for someone more junior at your organization. We've seen that time and time mm-hmm. again of people who kind of take on Giving Tuesday as a special project that they're going to manage um, and then use it to really elevate their career. So instead of thinking this as another thing on the fundraising list, think of this as mm-hmm. what's something really fun we want to try that we haven't done before that's maybe is extra to use your words, and, but, but not, um, not rethinking everything that your organization has developed up to that point. Um, I would mm-hmm. also say that, that setting a goal is hugely important, but to kind of go back to earlier themes, it doesn't have to be around dollars raised. Um, if you want mm-hmm. to stay in the fundraising rent lane, it could be around new donors or millennial donors or number of online gifts. So maybe think of some area, um, again, that isn't extra, but that you want to go deeper with and use Giving Tuesday as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a board member or even a regular donor, that you know is interested in one of those metrics, see if they'd be willing to set up, um, support a match or a challenge around it. Uh, you know, $5 for every new Facebook follower. Um, something that brings you in that's something you want to be pursuing as an organization. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that seems like a great way if, the, if just, oh, we need to raise $100,000 or $10,000 just seems like too much. Um, mm-hmm. One last idea I'll mention is using Giving Tuesday um, as an opportunity to say thank you. Make it a day of stewardship. Mm. Um, and I'll say that a lot of the organizations between us who use Giving Tuesday as a day of stewardship and say thank you, that do phone-a-thons, that do letter-writing campaigns, um, end up receiving a fair amount of money in donations. So, wow. so those are just a few ideas. It's, again, there's no one-size-fits-all, but um, hopefully that will get people thinking. Yes, yes, yes. I, I love those, and I thank you so much for sharing. You know, those are ideas I, I never would have thought of myself, and, and I really appreciate the opportunity, you know, for our listeners to hear some innovative ideas. Okay, so before we get back into our interview, I want to tell you a little bit about Nonprofit Utopia. We are the ideal community for emerging nonprofit leaders. And we have created a safe environment in which our members can innovate, speak candidly about issues and concerns they face on a daily basis, and share ideas and resources. If you want to find out more, you can visit our public website at nonprofitutopia.com. And if you want to learn more about the community itself, you can visit our community landing page, and that's nonprofitutopia.com. M as in man and N as in Nancy dot co. 
And our mission is to provide ongoing professional development and networking opportunities in which experienced nonprofit professionals can share expertise with the next generation of ethical leaders. An overarching goal of the community is to give our members the tools they need to develop strong organizations that will make a lasting impact. Our vision is to strengthen the global nonprofit sector by providing training and development opportunities for 50,000 emerging nonprofits in the world by 2033. So if you're interested, please make sure you visit our website, learn more, and, and join us. So Jessica, the moment most of us have been waiting for is to, you know, get a chance to learn, you know, the nuts and bolts of how you can actually implement a Giving Tuesday strategy. So can you walk us through the calendar of recommended activities for organizations that are interested in starting a Giving Tuesday campaign? And then I, I want to remind people that we do have a link to the Giving Tuesday 2018 timeline in the comment section of the episode page. Um, sure. So um, I will say that we, we have this recommended timeline that starts, um, I think, about six months in advance. Um, mm -hmm. Don't let that dissuade you from um, diving right in if you're still in the early early stages. Um, you shouldn't expect to send a single email the morning of Giving Tuesday and have money come pouring in. At the same time, mm -hmm. it's fine if you didn't start planning six months ago. We really only have those as examples in so many organizations um, now plan for the movement year-round. So I would say if mm -hmm. you're going right from listening to this conversation into planning, like you're walking out this door and walking into a Giving Tuesday meeting, um, I'd say your priorities over the next couple of weeks, one to two weeks, would be to learn. So my mm -hmm. first advice would be to go to our website, read our case studies, do some Googling to see what other organizations did last year, maybe in your area or that organizations that you admire, um, places that have similar missions, maybe in other cities. Um, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Get inspired by, by what someone else has already done, um, especially with only mm -hmm. about weeks to go. Um, and I'd also... Right the next couple of weeks that I mentioned earlier, by getting that internal team together, you never know where a great idea will come from. Maybe someone has something um, to add to something you're already thinking about or uh, out of left field, but that will be brilliant. Um, come up with your plan. Easier said than done. Mm -hmm. um, once you've done all that, that research and you have your team. Um, and then in the next couple of weeks, another big priority is just figuring out your technology needs. Um, many fundraising platforms have Giving Tuesday incentives where they waive the fees. Some do even like a 1% match. Um, we are completely platform agnostic. We love that they are all doing this. But do some research. Think about what you're trying to achieve on that day. Um, and if there is a, a platform that would be a good fit for you, start those conversations now. Get everything set. Start building your website, your landing page. Um, and lastly, um, a kind of immediate priority would be to create a marketing plan. Think about what apps mm -hmm. you need and when you need them. What story do you want to be telling? Um, what are your mega messages? Um, once all that's set, you're about a month out, you, you think they're kind of rolling, um, then it's to get your community ready and excited. Send out an email, mm -hmm. start doing social media messages, send a save the date. You're planning an in-person event get all those details set, order swag. Uh, another key component, kind of once your plan is set and you're entering into that next phase, uh, is to think about your inner circle ambassadors, making sure they're ready to be mm -hmm. deployed. You know, those volunteers, those donors, those board members who you know have your back and are going to be the morning of Giving Tuesday shouting your message from the rooftop. Get this on their calendar. Let them know how important it is. Um, and then those last few weeks um, are really just about building the drumbeat. Continue to check in with those mm -hmm. ambassadors, maybe thinking about collaboration. Um, another key part during this period is pitching to local media. Giving Tuesday last year had 14,000 print mentions and 14,000 broadcast mentions. Wow. Um, wow. I will say our team here at 92nd Street Y, we, we do some pitching as well. We probably are responsible for like 10 to 20 of those. Um, everything else. <laughs> came from, from the people listening to this podcast, came from nonprofits. Wow. Um, 
so get out there and pitch your story, pitch what your organization is doing for Giving Tuesday. In many cases, broadcasters are looking to do a story about Giving Tuesday anyway, and they need a nonprofit to be talking about, like be that nonprofit. Um, so I would say as you're gearing up to the day, you know, think about you know, your media outreach. Um, if it's not something you normally do, we have sample press release um, on our website, but, you know, start making those phone calls. Um, and then last little piece of advice, it's hard to squeeze the timeline into just a couple of minutes and, and definitely go to the website to learn more. But um, right before Giving Tuesday, first piece of advice, triple, quadruple check your technology and go through your donor's experience on multiple devices. Make sure everything is as seamless as possible. Um, you know, if you have a tweet mm-hmm. that you're going to embed in an email um, and you make sure when you click it pre-populates for your ambassadors. Whatever it is, make sure it's all working seamlessly. Uh, and second thing is have all your graphics and messaging ready to go ahead of time. Because the day of Giving Tuesday, you want to be, you know, throwing that pizza party for your staff. You want to be responding to emails from donors. You don't want to be frantically writing tweets. You know, you want things ahead of time, ready to go. Cut and paste. This graphic is made where, you know, the thermometer that shows your 90% towards your goal, just have it all ready. So the day of, um, mm-hmm. you just go, go, go. Okay. And, and the beauty is you have already mapped out some examples of what people can use, right, for, for their social media memes. You know, in the event that they don't have anything, you know, ready right now, they can use what you have. Is that correct? And then um, Yeah, definitely. We have some easy, it. like, yeah, plug-and-play social media messaging, especially in the lead-up. Um, if you don't follow our Twitter handle and our Facebook page, I, I recommend you do so. We also just, because we push out a lot of resources on that as well, as we have, have new mm-hmm. things and, and, you know, things like this podcast. If you weren't already subscribing, you would know through our social media. So, um, yeah, I recommend following that. And also you can easily retweet and just let people know that you're, you're part of this family. Okay. And you know what? Speaking of family, I'm curious, you know, once you register – you know, on on your website, are there any benefits to registering, you know, as a nonprofit on the Giving Tuesday website? And then, you know, I I know you can't really speak to the IL Give here in Illinois, but we have a state um, counterpart. Yeah. But you know, what are some of the benefits to actually registering with you? Sure. Um, the first thing I'll say is you should not feel pressure to register with us if you would not like to. We um, at this mm-hmm. point, there, when we kind of um, um, evolved, became, um, grew into kind of this this movement um, away from mm-hmm. this kind of single day of giving, and this, it, what really happened is we kind of became unable to track all the Giving Tuesday activity that was happening. So kind of in our early days, mm-hmm. we loved people to registering just so we can keep a, a tight handle of everything that's happening. Um, at this point, mm-hmm. we kind of let go. <laughs> So from our okay, perspective, you're often running with Giving Tuesday and you don't feel like registering, that is totally fine. Don't feel like you have to. Um, but if you do register, you will um, show up in the search function on our website. Um, you'll start mm-hmm. receiving our newsletters with kind of some things I mentioned earlier, but even more so, case studies, um, and when there's new videos, when there's a new PSA, when there's a new resource, when we have um, mm-hmm. more webinars scheduled. So it's just a great way to, to stay in the loop. Um, mm-hmm. And also, the if you register, then we know you're there. So if we do get um, press inquiries about, you know, are there any great campaigns happening in Tulsa, we can, we can use um, kind of the back end from our registration to figure out what's going on, and we can reach out to you. Okay. So to me, it sounds like there's a, a greater upside to yeah, registering. Yeah, there's, there's no downside. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like at large nonprofits, people get nervous. they like, uh, am I allowed to register? Do my CFO need to okay this, or you know, my mm-hmm. lawyer needs to look I at it? So don't feel like it's holding you back if you're not sure if you want to register. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what are some of the lessons that you've learned from doing this work? Um, I think that one of the biz- biggest lessons I've learned is that we should not be afraid to ask people to give. Um, mm-hmm. I just think about last fall, it was post Maria, post Harvey, there was a lot of giving in reaction to all the topics we were seeing in the news as well, a lot of politically motivated giving. And there was a feeling that we shouldn't over ask that there was a donor fatigue by the time Giving Tuesday rolled around. 
every interview I did um, in the lead up to Giving Tuesday, I would ask the same question. Do you think we people really give again? Um, and then we were blew away by our results. Um, giving rose 80%. Mm. So wow. I think there's often this misconception that you shouldn't be asking. Um, and th- mm-hmm. that's a lesson I've learned. And I really think it's true that, that we shouldn't be afraid if we have something to say, to say it. If there's something we're fundraising mm-hmm. for we think is important, if we need volunteers for an event, just don't be afraid to ask. Um, and even more than that, we've worked with forms and data scientists to kind of better understand Giving Tuesday donors. And we can confidently oh, wow. say now that these are additive dollars, meaning that Giving Tuesday isn't just moving dollars around. It's, um, it's a net lift uh, throughout the sector. So mm-hmm. I know one of my colleagues has this thing that she says that, you know, givers are ready and willing to give and non-givers are just waiting to be invited to the table. And that, I think, mm-hmm. is the biggest lesson I've learned through, through Giving Tuesday is, um, is exactly that. Oh, wow. I am really loving this. So do people who are registered with you, do they have access to at least a summary of those data that can help them to better understand the yes. behavior of people who might donate for Giving Tuesday? That is, that is a great question. Um, so you don't even have to be registered. We have a section on our site called uh, the Giving Lab. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think it's givingtuesday.org slash lab or slash giving lab, or you'll just see it in our menu okay. or on the footer of the page. Um, and it's okay. a repository for lots of data studies and um, studies we've done ourselves about Giving Tuesday donors and also studies that um, um, other um, academics or um, companies have done about Giving Tuesday data. Uh, and then there's just some mm-hmm. interesting data in there around um, giving in general and giving trends in the U.S. So um, if you are a data person, which I've kind of become over the past few years, that's a, a great place mm-hmm. to go and just poke around. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do when I get off this phone with you. I'm going to go and poke around and, and see what the data tell me. You know, I, you know, I, I really find trends and, and, you know, patterns with data to, to be very instructive. But, but that's me. As I said, I'm, I'm not so much a marketer. I'm more of a, you know, a, a data analytical kind of gal. Mm-hmm. You, so, you'll, you'll love it then. Okay, so what are the things that you've observed, you know, over over the years that some people have done not so well, you know, when they started their Giving Tuesday campaigns? Yeah, I um, I would say the number one mistake I see organizations make um, isn't actually on Giving Tuesday. It's afterwards not doing proper stewardship, saying thank you. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, you know, especially if you're doing online campaigns, there'll be a lot of small donations. Um, and I, I find that a lot, some nonprofits just don't feel like, oh, it's worth their time to cultivate those smaller gifts. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I personally believe that that is just not best practice, I don't know, in general, but specifically on Giving Tuesday. Um, because just the, the nature of the movement the fact it's going to happen year after year, those are the givers you want to cultivate. This is probably their first time giving to your organization. Um, so I, I would say that's um, that's the number one mistake I see. I have a, a colleague who gives to her university every year on Giving Tuesday, and they never ask her to give the following Giving Tuesday. She's been giving for like five years. Wow. And to me, it's just wow. money. But it's, you know, why wouldn't you just reach out to that Giving Tuesday donor the next Giving Tuesday and say, you gave to us last year, it was so important, here's what we did with that money, would you please consider a gift again? It just seems like a lost opportunity. So um, I guess that's my like pet peeve mistake about Giving mm-hmm. Tuesday because I see it time and time again. Um, and you just don't know where those, you know, Giving Tuesday's been around for seven years. Someone who gave $25 to $50 that first year, who knows what they could be giving now. Um, right. And the second mis- mistake, um, and I, I feel like this is, something that won't surprise anyone based on everything we've talked about is just really the idea of sending a single email the day of Giving Tuesday um, and, and nothing else with no planning, with no creativity, with no um, like warmth or spirit. Uh, I, I, I understand, I'm sure there are some nonprofits listening here and I was saying assemble a team and they're like, my nonprofit is three people. <laughs> There's no team to assemble. <laughs> 
Um, I get it. I, 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 I know every organization is so different, and I, I don't want you to be mm-hmm. intimidated by participating, but I feel like there are just, you know, take a look at the case studies, mm-hmm. do some reading, just some really low-lift ways that are – that will really um, deliver, you know, bang for your time, bang for your buck. Um, just thinking mm-hmm. about with a little bit more effort, um, how much more you can do on the day. Right, and and your team doesn't necessarily have to be people who work with the nonprofit or who are on the board. Your team is those interested stakeholders who have an interest in seeing you succeed. So, you know, exactly. I, I guess if the if the small nonprofits, you know, that have, have anywhere from two to five people, you know, feel somewhat discouraged, you know, they, they really should not overlook the opportunity to engage other people. And you never know what can happen with your organization from what I'm gathering from our past conversation as a result of engaging other partners, other stakeholders in your cause. You know, this could be a great way to find new board members, it seems, a great way to find new employees, new volunteers, you know, in addition to money and other resources. So go for it for, for the adventure. You just never know what you would learn. You have to start somewhere, you know. That's the way yeah, I so we, Here here at 92nd Street Y, um, you know, there's our team that's working on the movement globally, but then Giving Tuesday, there's a Giving Tuesday campaign just at the Y. You know, it's always a combination mm-hmm. of we have some live performances in our lobby and there's some fundraising efforts and um, our seniors knit hats and um, our preschool does a coat drive. And collectively, it, there's so much happening, but each activity on its own um, isn't so daunting. Just together, it feels really exciting. And, and when you talked about, um, you know, bringing you know, your staff involved, there's people who work on our staff who, you know, work in our finance department or work um, in our building services department. And they're kind of disconnected day to day by some of the, like, the, community building and service that's happening here. And giving mm-hmm. to just a great day to, like, get them involved, too, um, and, and get them to share in that excitement. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I love it. And I don't know about you, but when I first heard about Giving Tuesday, I think I heard about it you know, pretty early on when we first started doing it. I had no idea that it would catch on so quickly, but I guess that's easy for me being an outsider. But I mean, at this point, you guys have raised over $300 million in over 150 countries and counting. So what's the secret to your success? And when I talk about success, I'm I'm also talking about movement building. You know, not everything you start can gain such momentum. Yeah. um, So two things come to mind. Um, I, I think the first is, we often say about Giving Tuesday, it's in some of our like mega messaging, the materials you'll find online, is that every act of generosity counts, and it means even more when we give together. Um, I truly believe mm-hmm. that, and I think one of the reasons that Giving Tuesday has been so successful is that it is very open and welcoming, and our message is that all acts of giving are important. There's a place for everyone um, in Giving Tuesday. The second mm-hmm. thing um, I don't think Giving Tuesday would have taken off if it was branded as a 92nd Street Y initiative. And, you know, your question about movement building, I think that really, mm-hmm. um, that really gets to it. From the start, we wanted this to be co-owned by the organizations and the communities and, I guess, now the countries that are, that are driving it. Um, or, yeah, we're driving it, are driving it. Mm-hmm. We wanted them to be able to adapt Giving Tuesday to reflect their own identities what I was saying before with the hearts getting changed with the different country logos. Um, you know, we've always given suggestions and tools, but we've never dictated how to participate. And that's just allowed Giving Tuesday to grow and change in ways we could never have anticipated. Um, and mm-hmm. created a space for leaders to just organically emerge in the communities, um, you know, just around the world. You think about IL Gives. We had no idea that communities, would take Giving Tuesday and create, you know, city, state, sometimes just town coalitions around Giving Tuesday. And now they're hugely successful. There's over, there were over 100 of them last year, including mm-hmm. IL Give. Um, we couldn't have predicted that, but we designed the movement in such a way that they were welcome. And when they said to us, well, can we organize our own events? We said, of course, take it, make it your own, run with it. Um, and I think if we had put any of those limitations on at the start, it just, 
um, it would have curtailed our progress. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is awesome. You know, and these are lessons that can be transferred to, to anything. You know, if you're one who wants to build any kind of movement, you know, beyond Giving Tuesday, I, I think those are very valuable lessons learned, and I, I really thank you. Of course. Okay, so it doesn't look like we have anyone in the chat room. It doesn't look like we have any callers. And I believe we have come to the end of our show. We've got about three minutes left. And, Jessica, I want to say thank you so much. And for those of you who are just tuning in, we're talking to Jessica Schneider. She's the Director of Strategy and Collaboration for the Belfort Center for Innovation and Social Impact at the 92nd Street Y. Been a wonderful guest. She's been cutting our heads open. Sorry for such a graphic description and pouring in knowledge. So, so Jessica, um, before we go, do you have any, any parting thoughts for our listening audience? Can you tell us how we might reach you, how we might get in contact with the Giving Tuesday folks, you know, before you go? Sure. Um, first, Valerie, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun, and, and you know, I, I feel more enthusiastic about Giving Tuesday just talking about it and, and thinking about all these mm-hmm. nonprofits out there um, getting their brains, they poured, me pouring into their brains. That, yeah, that analogy is a little rough. But um, mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> I felt like um, it, 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 Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> It's been re- it's been really fun talking to you. Um, yeah, and um, uh, my advice, um, if you are newish to Giving Tuesday or just trying to um, kind of double down this year and get more involved, um, sign up for a partner if you're interested. Take a look at all the resources on our website. Go on Twitter and just look at the Giving Tuesday hashtag and, and click around a bit. Um, see what other folks are having the works for this year. If you do start planning um, and are excited about what you have in the works, um, you can go to the Giving Tuesday blog and submit a blog post. We'll post it for you, and we'll, we'll tweet out about it. Um, you can also always email info at givingtuesday.com. Um, if you have any questions, um, someone will get back to you usually within a day or so. Um, and follow us on social media on, at Giving Tuesday and um, on Twitter and Giving Tuesday on Facebook. Um, I forgot what we are on Instagram. That's terrible. But do a search for Giving Tuesday on Instagram. You will you'll find us there as well. Okay, awesome. Okay, so I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening today. Um, I encourage you to go to iTunes and leave a review. We've included instructions in the comment section to guide you through the process. And be sure and tune in next week when our guest will be William Calloway. For those of you who are not from the Chicago area, William Calloway is the activist who sued the city of Chicago to release the tape of Officer Van Dyke's shooting of Laquan McDonald 16 times. And I know that sounds weird for a nonprofit show to have a guest on who is speaking on such a topic, but um, our purpose for inviting him is to better understand how you build collaborations to bring about social justice. So we're going to have him talk very briefly about that case. um, They just had a verdict in which the police officer was found guilty, which is, you know, almost unheard of anywhere in the country. Self is awesome, I think. But the focus is not so much that case. That case is going to be the background. But we really, really want to study how do folks at the very grassroots level who are not necessarily affiliated with any organization in particular, can pull together, develop collaborations across many sectors, and bring about change, especially in the social justice arena. So that, I think, is going to be one of the most exciting um, discussions, I think, um, that, that we'll have. And that's not to take anything away from today's discussion. I, I just think it's interesting to talk about how people can start from scratch, you know, in very much the same way as the folks from Giving Tuesday, you started from scratch and now look at where you are um, $300 million raised and counting. So at any rate, I'm, I'm not going to talk forever. Um, it's time for us to go. And again, Jessica, 
thank you so much for being a wonderful guest. I have learned so much from you. I'm going to go to your website and download those publications on the data and the impact around Giving Tuesday. And I will, if you don't mind, I'd like to share that in our community, the nonprofit Utopia community. We're trying to help our people, you know, get ready for for Giving Tuesday. And I think those resources would be very, very helpful. Sounds great. Please do. And, and thank you again, Valerie. All right. So you take care, and I will talk to you later. Okay. Goodbye. Oh, two, 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 five, seven, three, four, four, two.